2: Hardcore is a new series from Heritage Radio Network. Over six episodes were taking a close look at the rebirth of American cider.
0: Really, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that cider started to be revitalized in the United States.
2: From the science of fermentation... So, yeast, it's a fungus. It's a unicellular fungus. ...to the magic of terroir. What really excites us is thinking about communicating that very sort of spiritual aspect of knowing a piece of land. We're setting aside our cider donuts to gain a deeper understanding of this singular beverage. I love a cider donut. You don't have to have a cider donut with your cider and I will die on that point. Subscribe to Hardcore wherever you listen to podcasts. So
0: you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The buns is rhythm and blues that It's gonna get you in the air.
3: Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Southern T here with my mobile studio in beautiful, balmy New Orleans, Louisiana for Tales of Cocktail 2019. I'm here with Marie King, the Queen of Tiki in LA. Welcome to the Studio Ish.
4: Welcome. <laughs> Aloha.
3: Yeah, um, I just had the opportunity to meet you at an event here at Tales uh, with our mutual friend Mo Herms from uh, her podcast, uh, which is which you know was nominated. nominated. Yeah, nominated for a Spirit Award this year for mm-hmm. best podcast broadcaster video series. So um, she introduced me to you, and I thought we would sit down and have a chat about you all the things you do and then we'll get into the world of tiki as well which is you know not foreign to me but it's it's,
4: it's new foreign. it's hip it's, it's cool foreign right, right now
3: it's, it's cool right around, now <laughs> yeah
4: it's it's one of those things it's hitting its peak but i don't think it's ever going to fade out i think it's going to keep it's been around for so long that i think the traction is going to stay yeah the pop-ups and the hipster kids they'll stop doing it but tonga hut has been around since 58 i don't think it's going anywhere
3: Yeah, so that's where you're proprietor now, or well, you're you're the head of the boat there. Yes. Uh, Let's use a bunch of piratey. Of course. As we can, (laughs) right? Um, But let's talk about what got you there. Where where did you kind of begin in this field, and what got you to where you are today? Yeah, my... Without, like, dropping your whole CV on me, but... Totally, totally. Just let the listeners know who I'm talking to.
4: Sure, my new husband of a couple months, and I got into the scene... Right in the beginning of our relationship, he took me to Trader Vic's for our first Valentine's Day. Because that's where he used to go with his dad and mom. And, uh, yeah, we started collecting. We got into it actually for music, surf music, because he plays in a surf music band. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have home tiki bars. Went to a home tiki bar, somebody made me a drink. I was like, ah, I taste apricot. The guy was kind of like, you can taste that? I was like, yeah, I guess, can't you? (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, Picked up the books, read Jeff Berry's book, got in with Tiki Magazine on their first issue, my husband did, and we ended up at Jeff Berry's house photographing for, I think it was the second issue on his column on cocktails. It was a Tiki Tea Green Lizard, and he liked my husband's work, so I got to assist in the photography for Sip and Safari. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, I've got the Grog Log, I'm already bartending... I'm bringing some tiki drinks in on my shifts, bringing some bands in, had like tropical Sundays. Next thing you know, the new Don the Beachcomber was opening in Huntington. Ooh. And uh, they asked me to lead the team and create their bar program. Outstanding. Yeah.
3: And Fortunate. How you, yes. Uh, well, I always say the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. So I don't imagine you were just laying around doing nothing in this cave, would uh, you? were. No. You were making some noise.
4: I was doing something.
3: What, uh, were you, so you were tending bar somewhere at that time, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, uh, corporate
3: bar. I don't know what that means. Doesn't matter.
4: Doesn't
3: matter. <laughs> Just a corporate bar. It's a corporate, corporate uh, restaurant bar. Oh, there we go. When yeah. you said corporate bar, like, is there, are there bars in the building for yeah. guys in suits? <laughs> that sounds amazing, because uh, those dudes need a drink. <laughs> um, so cool, you went from like the corporate bar world, which probably isn't as fun as it sounds.
4: No, no, <laughs> but we were in the marina, so I had a lot of fun. boat bums and old... Want to be
3: pirates and stuff Arr. Yeah, right. Cruising Sticking in. with the theme. Cruising in. I yep. Get it. Literally. Um, and so you get to take over this bar. Yeah. Uh, and how long were you there? And what, 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 like, what, you're so, it seems to me you're not just a tiki bartender. And I think when I talk to tiki bartenders, which are, not, not a, I'm going to talk to a ton of them, but you know, Brother Cleve, Beefham sure, sure. uh Brian Miller, like, when you're a tiki bartender, it's your lifestyle. Yes. So you're already living that lifestyle. That's living how you got life. noticed by Beach Beachcomberie. That's how you got into the book, etc. Exactly. And you you live that lifestyle. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Bamboo Ben, when he was doing the, the the layout, they were like, "We need a bar manager." Ah, there's this chick. She's dependable. She's righteous. She knows how to make good drinks. She gets it. Yeah. You know. So I got in there. It had been a tiki place from the '60s. This old politician bought the license to don the beachcomber mm-hmm. came in. Converted this place to a down the beach comer and was like, I want classic Don the beach comber drinks, but I don't want people to know what's in them.
2: Go.
3: <laughs> so.
4: I'll love the vintage Don the beach. The mystery menus, right? right? Like, so I started thinking, all right, how am I going to do this? All right, I'll do a premix. Zombie's got all these ingredients. I can't guarantee that every bartender is going to count six drops of Pernod for every cocktail.
3: Sure.
4: So I'll make a premix. Yeah, it's got that stuff in it. Put an ounce of this in your glass. Go. Which is how it was done in the beginning, right? Exactly. Did
3: you? Uh, <laughs> did any of your team
4: know what was in the drinks? They did know what was in it, but not with the proportions. Because in this day and age, you can't keep that secret. It's not that's kind of. It's not the 30s, 40s. There's right. gluten and yada 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 and allergies and sure. so forth. So you have to kind of tell them, and the menu says guides them. You know, yeah. there's like the list and the descriptive words. You know. So yeah, there, I went from there, started making a house syrups, house falernum, because back then you couldn't get good pimento dram.
3: Back then, how, when were we talking? What 2008. Talking? 2008, okay. 2007,
4: 2008. Right. No, 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 no. But I mean, they wanted me to be, they had a huge kitchen, so they gave me the capabilities and equipment to do stuff in the back. You know, while I'm squeezing juices, I might as well make falernum, I might as well make some syrups, I might as well do the cinnamon. Yeah. Making pimento dram, batching in the back.
3: Yeah. I get, I, I get those jobs. Um, yeah. w- uh, but this, this seems like an incredible burden, right? If it's, if you have to hide the, the ingredients and their proportions from your team, that means you alone have to make all these batches. Oh yeah. Right? So you're there okay. six days a week <laughs>
4: Six days a week and still bartending on the side because I was afraid I was going to lose this job.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We all have that fear. Yeah, because it
4: was my first venture into, you know, management and so forth. And and on top of that, I had to run the restaurant. I had to be table touching and, you know, wear the nice clothes and deal with uh, food that's getting returned because there's something wrong or it's too cold and somebody didn't show up and so forth and so on. We had one, two, three bars.
3: In, the, in this place? In
4: this place. Oh. Seated 700 people. Whoa! Yeah, so we could have two events in the back separately, a band in the bar, and another band and event going on in a separate bar, plus the main dining room. It was vast. It was huge. So yeah, it was a, a challenge.
3: I can't even imagine 700 people being in yeah. bar at the bar.
4: Like a mini Maikai, kind of.
3: Yeah. Um... I will back up just two seconds and say... I got really scared. I know you, you're <laughs> I know you keep, you're keeping some bar shifts on the side because of that yeah. that fear. You know, my buddy Sean Canyon quotes his dad all the time. His dad, uh, Sean's a third-generation bartender. He quotes his dad all the time and told him, always keep one foot behind the bar yeah. and don't let him trick you into management. Right.
4: Yeah, I know. I made the mistake. I got suckered into it.
3: A... Well, you know, it's, it's a progression. And if you want to make a career out of this thing, you can't expect that you're going to be behind the bar every single night right. forever. And,
4: and physically... Yeah, you know, physically I mean. you can't do it I'm getting 48 uh, you know <laughs> so you know In the varicose
3: you're really are sometimes. popping mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's starting to literally weigh down the body uh, mm-hmm. to be you know on the bar as much mm-hmm. as, as I am I'm on the bar still four nights a week and mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm having to face the clock at this yeah. point. Like I'm, it, that's it's running out. yeah uh, So I've got to get all of it I can for the next couple of years because it's probably going to be fewer and fewer and fewer. Yeah. In between.
4: When I made the transition over to Don the Beachcomber, I was behind the bar four days a week as well, but then things in the back were getting done and I didn't have any help back there. You know, with the right, ordering you're in the and bar the banks. four nights a week,
3: but then you're doing the day, and day walker
4: say, and, and the night, night walker.
3: Right, yeah, I you know. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. I'd like our listeners to stop hearing me complain about it. Not complaining, I love it. <laughs> I'd like to hear our listeners understand what it means to, to, to be in those positions.
4: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the transition. And then seven years, well, I should, let me go back. The only reason I left on the beachcomber is because a woman decided it was more important to text her boyfriend that she was running late on the freeway in downtown LA than me get home safe.
3: Oh my, yes, I see where you're going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, talk about this story. Yeah,
4: clipped me, did a couple donuts, stopped in the second lane of the freeway, got rear-ended from somebody who didn't see me coming, flipped my car twice, yeah, hospital for a month, no walking for six months, recovery for almost two years.
3: So you had a sudden uh, yeah. and violent uh, forced break Re-evaluation. from bartending for two, Yeah, for two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To relearn how to walk because you yeah. have the pelvis crushed is the yes. word you use off air. That yes. made me cringe a little. Yeah, yeah. Crushed.
4: A little bit. Um, and uh, my sciatic nerve was jacked up, so I ended up with a drop foot. So my right leg is partially paralyzed.
3: Still. Yikes. It'll never be the same. I, I, we walked just a, a pretty distant walk mm-hmm. right now together. Mm-hmm. Through, I was uh, a couple steps behind I, I you. But I, I thought you were just on your... I thought you were communicating with somebody while Mo <sighs> and I talked. Oh my. I, I was, was giving you your space. Would, uh, <laughs> she, she needs a wide berth. Right.
4: I don't uh, ever want to hold anybody back because of the disability, but if there was an issue, I'd speak up. Of course. But there yeah. wasn't. Yeah. You know, but three years ago, when the first tales I came to, I couldn't do that.
3: Yeah. So it's constant. Holy smoke.
4: Yeah, it's great though. But, but you, I'm here.
3: Yeah, you're here and you're I'm back here. and you are yeah. on the bar. Yeah. How many nights a week now? Uh,
4: none. Zero. Technically, zero.
3: Oh. I fill in. Keep that one foot behind
4: the door. Yep, yep, I jump in uh-huh. if somebody needs a day off. I'm super happy to take the shift. Sundays are kind of our tiki festivity days. Um, I love jumping back there on Sundays. You know, a couple hours, go take a break. I'm not here for tips. I get salary. It's all good. Mm-hmm. You know, I get a cut of the profits. It's all good. Yeah. Let me try something. Let me come up with this. I don't need my name anywhere. I know that, the, that if the Tonga hood is a success, then yeah. I'm a success. That's where I'm at. I again.
3: think uh, as a business person... Of any kind, but certainly in the bar or restaurant world, uh, if you can think about it like that, mm-hmm. then, then it, it's, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think about all the little details that need to be in place to make sure that everything's going to be a successful day of operation. And then, lo and behold, at the end of the day, there's money. Yeah. Like, I don't think about that.
4: Exactly. I do the things in the back that allow my bartenders to succeed. And that's where I'm at now. In fact, I just got my assistant. I just hired an assistant.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, I hired one back in January. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, she doesn't do anything at the bar. She just does all my personal admin. I haven't Uh-oh. opened my own email since January. It's amazing. Uh, that's it's such great. a relief. It's, it's such a worthwhile yeah uh, check to pay. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. That's a bill I'll gladly pay.
4: Yeah, Cat's doing the inventory and you know placing the orders for me and like you know counting the money and making the banks, making sure everybody's on top of it.
3: Yeah. So you left the seven hundred person, seven hundred capacity yes. mammoth. And you jumped to where? Tonga. Oh, it was a direct jump. I thought jump, there was one jump. in between.
4: Nope, nope. Two years off.
3: So Tonga. Hut. So, so you took Tonga. those two years after being forced to take a break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I
4: tried to go back to school. I tried to do a couple other things. And this opportunity came as, ah, can you bartend on Mondays? Sure.
3: Yeah, easier way then then. That's the next, how they get you. Yeah.
4: And then a week later, they're like, we need help with inventory. We need help keeping the stock. And, you know, oh, can you hire us some other bartenders? Do you know anybody? So was straight into it. Then I had four days a week for about two years. Then I gave up all my shifts, um, hired enough bartenders to cover the shifts, mm-hmm. and just ran the back of the house. Actually, I take that back. We opened our second location. So I was half between L.A. and Palm
3: Springs. So it's it has two locations. Yeah. Holy guacamole, five I didn't know. Five years that. ago, yeah. Five years ago, we opened the I just knew that the original weeks. one is the longest continuously operated tiki bar in all of LA. You say that ten times fast. Longest <laughs> continuously operated tiki bar. <laughs> 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 um, and now you got another one that's just a baby, five yeah, years old.
4: Yeah.
3: How old is the old one?
4: 61.
3: 61 years mm-hmm. and five years. Yeah. Uh, what's the similarities? Are they the same?
4: Yes and no. I, mm. mean, I mean. they
3: got to have their own personality. Right. One, um, one's an old codger. Mm-hmm. And one's I, a young upstart. Uh-huh, uh-huh,
4: uh-huh, uh-huh. And one is restaurant, one is not. Oh. So, LA, no food, no kitchen, tiny, capacity of 65. Palm Springs, kitchen, capacity of about 80. Okay. But it, I love it because it has the feel of the classic old tiki bars, restaurants like Trader Vic's with the small rooms and the mm-hmm. little nooks and the crannies. We have a secret room. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. We have a phone booth. Uh Uh-oh. That you go through. You have hot dogs
3: inside of there? Yeah.
4: Great balcony. um, Street uh, people watching. Yeah, the kitchen. I think if we ever go out and open our third, no food.
3: Yeah. No food. I I kind of agree. Yeah. I have four. Two of them are food. Two of them are. The two of that are so much more profitable Mm -hmm. and easy to run. Mm
4: -hmm. Less staff. Uh
3: (laughs) Yeah.
4: You know, less overhead.
3: Less labor. Yeah. (laughs) Less... Food,
4: Less
3: bologna. <laughs> Less bologna. No bologna in my place. No bologna. Vegan.
4: <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I
3: <laughs> heard one of, that about you. <laughs> one of them. One of them. Uh, not me. Oh, not me. Um, just went to Turkey and the Wolf today and had a fried bologna sandwich. Oh, so God. delicious. Fried
4: bologna?
3: Oh, yeah. That's a very common thing in the South. I'm from the South. This is This is like... I love coming Yeah, back. we have
4: this in common. We both lived in New Orleans. What year were you here?
3: I, I left in uh, 99. I was here for three years. So okay. 99, 98, 97, I believe is correct.
4: I was 93,
3: 94. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my first
4: bartending job was at Checkpoint Charlie's.
3: Checkpoint Charlie's? Yeah, dirty, let's, dirty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a quick pause to hear from our uh, sponsors here on Speakeasy Radio. And we're going to come back and we're going to l- talk a little bit more about Checkpoint Charlie's. And then we're going to dig into Tiki and the Tonga Hut and the new Tonga Hut. And we'll be right back. Stay tuned.
1: This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant. Or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit
2: TabardIn.com. Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Join us to explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, where you'll taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Join the party! Tickets are available now at heritageradionetwork.org/gala.
3: And we're back on the speakeasy at our—I uh, don't know—mobile studio here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh,
4: brick, brick studio.
3: Yeah, it's all brick in it's here. It's really beautiful. So very. Very nice apartment that I rented while I'm here uh, through mm-hmm. a weird hotel situation, um, but uh, hanging out uh, with the queen of tiki in L.A. <laughs> uh, from the Tonga Hut, uh, uh, which now has two—I didn't know until we started talking uh, on the first half of the show—that it has two locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first one is the oldest continuously operating tiki bar in all of L.A. Yes. So, like, lots of heritage, lots of
4: lots of heritage. The tiki kind of vein in it died for a while. It was a local bar. Beer mm-hmm. bar. When the current ownership came in in 2005, there were, you know, f- he said five 80s era TVs, sports, pool table, that golf game with the wheel, the. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know what it's called. Yeah. Uh, dartboard, neon, um, and tried to bring in some tiki cocktails, but unsuccessfully, so we all called it the Tonga butt. <laughs> yeah.
3: So wait, so, wait, you're telling me that it kind of went from. Tiki decor. It to was always just tiki, na- just neighborhood decor. But for a the while. tiki's
4: were always there. They're still there. All the elements, all the all the classic elements have always been there and never moved. The fountain stopped working for about twenty years, and we got them running again. <laughs> you know, but they've always it's been there. Years. The fa- well, there. The it was. We just yeah, didn't. Yeah, just the didn't frame watch. was there. The cocktails, kind of, it, it fell into the deevolution of tiki, Sure. as Jeff calls it, and Sven calls it. And then, uh, yeah, somebody came in. And brought in Jeff's grog log, Beach Bum's grog log, and said, Hey, you guys have really crummy tiki drinks here. Take this book and try to make something. Uh, it took a while for them to figure out what fresh lime juice was and so forth. In fact, Jeff Berry has a great story in one of his books about coming to the Tonka Hut in the 80s. And this uh, the, the woman bartender with the Guns N' Roses cut-up t-shirt, he asked for a Mai Tai, and she said, Sure, what's in it? He said, You know, orja Couple of rums, almond, uh, orange curacao, juice of one lime. So she threw it all in a blender, threw the lime in, popped the cap on, threw it on the cup. <laughs> <And> <laughs> the lime was jumping around the blender cup. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So it took a while. We had the grog log, and then somebody said, "Hey, what's going to happen if I drink all these drinks?" Thought about it for a minute. One of the fountains in the corner is this guy that's been drooling for, at that time, fifty-some odd years. Right. He's our drooling bastard. Okay. So now if you finish all 78 drinks, Jeff's Groglog, you get to become a member of the loyal order of the drooling bastard. We get fezzes. You get to put your name on the wall. There's about 800 (laughs) people who have finished. In fact, you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great money marketing scheme too.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's the, you know, so we do often talk about the business of bartending on this show. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, wait, Loyalty programs. Of course, indeed. I've got one in place at Honeybees. There you go. Um, so, um... Say that again. Seventy-five drinks.
4: Seventy-eight.
3: Seventy-eight. Okay. Still close.
4: Seventy-eight drinks. Se- beach bum berries, grog, log. I call it cocktail archaeology. Now how do
3: you? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I even in the in the uh, in the printed copy about mine, the, mm-hmm. the last line of it is like, so we, it's an American whiskey bar. We do a similar mm-hmm. thing. You drink X amount, you get a thing, whatever. Um, but uh, I say you're going to learn a lot about whiskey, uh, both bourbon and rye, and you may learn a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What you um, like?
4: What you don't like?
3: Yeah. Um, so they drink through all these uh, mm-hmm. how do you record this
4: it's my investment is five cents it's it's a copy from Staples or Kinko's eight and a half by eleven sheet we uh-huh. just mark off the drinks we have a little file cabinet in the corner
3: alphabetical boom boom it's done yeah done yeah we have like a sort of a hotel registry yeah each page is a exactly. different person
4: well, yeah each page each person gets their own sheet they file it when they they pull it out of the file when they come in they file it when they leave we mark off the drinks you have 12 months
3: oh time 12 limits months. yeah yeah Aha. yeah. I because it I gets a lot of people a time limit to yeah.
4: mine there's a yeah people have started three times before they finished mm-hmm. I don't care you gotta still pay for every drink <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't tell them that to them, face. Oh,
3: but, yeah. Um Yeah, cheers to you. I'll have the first one with you. Let's get yeah. started again. Yep, exactly. <laughs> is, is there a regimented order? Or you can pick them as no, you go.
4: anything you want. Yeah. Well, people, there becomes groups. You'll have some people, they're always coming on a Monday afternoon. So then, or couples, and they'll have the same drinks. So you get a couple, and you get six or seven people. It's so much easier for the bartender, too. They make six of the same thing. Right. You know, boom.
3: And we're rotating. Through Sundays the are
4: like that. We're actually starting part two. So, Jeff's second book was Intoxica. Yep. So, you're going to become an intoxicated bastard if you finish the second book.
3: Oh, my gosh. And you have
4: to have done the first book first. Right. Then you get to work on the second book. And then we're going to give you a gold drilling bastard mug that says Intoxicated Bastard on the back. And they'll be numbered. So, you'll know if you were first or tenth or 500th to right. finish.
3: So, other than getting my name on the wall, uh, what's the prize for the first one?
4: You get a buck off your cocktails. Forever premium cocktails i'm not giving you a buck off your two dollar pbr correct, correct, yeah
3: <laughs> you buck off the cocktails forever right once you remember you remember forever you remember it mm-hmm. doesn't last just a year and you have to nope. start over nope. oh that's amazing yeah i love this idea yeah yeah I'm and you get a little stuff.
4: pendant that says buck off <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'm gonna uh, buck off i get it yeah. it's a dollar off mm-hmm. for drinks mm-hmm. <laughs> you tiki guys are so we're so quirky. funny it's just <laughs> funny i don't know what it is about tiki that wants to just pawn everything up
4: it's the i don't know it's an american invention the fun? No, the... <laughs> tiki. Tiki in and of itself is an American invention. Sure. You know, so I think we're just punny people.
3: Are you doing the same kind of program at uh, location number two?
4: Have not yet, but they're going to do something different there. I haven't yet. We're only five years old. Yeah. It was time. It took us 55 years to yeah. get something done in L.A., uh, but it won't be necessarily a time limit and it won't be a different book. It's a different caliber of bartender that you get out there so they've got our house recipes down. um I've curated both menus so they can get the menu to give them another 78 drinks is questionable right plus stocking everything for 78 oh, yeah. additional cocktails is it's, it's, it's labor it's a task so they're gonna just do a menu like a little passport no time limit keep the passport in your wallet every time you come to Palm Springs work on your passport yeah that's something, pretty cool something more tame yeah, doable that's, that's pretty cool yeah
3: um Man, I really like that idea. It's very, uh, I, I'm doing a similar thing at Honeybees mm-hmm. and we the time limit thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add oh, that yeah. in. I like that. That's good. Yep. It puts the pressure on.
4: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You
3: want the mm-hmm. prize, get in there and get it.
4: Sure. I mean, and then people think of it as a challenge. Yep. We had one guy finish in 11 days, which I would not suggest to anyone. Um, he said he would have finished it in nine, but he puked in an Uber. Twice, and he couldn't come in the next day. Uh, he's a, His Uber rating went yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> you know he's a good, young, strapping 400 pound boy. So, right. But I would not suggest that, at all, to anyone. Average time, three to four months. Yeah, that you sounds m-
3: yeah, reasonable. Totally doable. i'm going to come every night. I got other life. I got yeah. life to live.
4: And some people go in with it, go ho, and then six months into it, they forget about it. Right. That's fine. You can either start it again. I never see you. I had you as a regular for six months. Right. It's fine.
3: I get it. It's great business. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, What other kind of uh, innovations are you pulling at the the oldest Tiki Bar in L.A.?
4: We do Rum Rum Club once a month. What's that? Yeah, so we get either a brand or a type or um, we go regional. And it's uh, two hours on a Sunday before we open. 20 bucks to join. You get a little passport. You get a stamp every time you come in, depending on what the topic is. Uh, it's a two hour lecture. You get tastings of the rum. I usually throw together a cocktail so you get to see how it's used in a cocktail. And education. So, depending if it's a brand, you get to learn about the distillery, the type. And these people, they're really knowledgeable now. I mean, you could tell, you could throw words out like pot column, open air fermentation. You know, close fermentation. They know what you're talking about. Oh, go. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, they get you.
4: They get it. And it's all rum. Uh, the last one we did was on the molasses and sugar axe, So it was a historical lesson. Mm-hmm. And we had some American rums come in. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we've done brands. I've had Rumbar come in. You know, you learn about the funk Jamaican. A couple cocktails. Bahani honey daiquiri. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these cocktails are so good, they'll make it on the menu. We'll do some pop-ups, you know table tents run those as specials for a while it's great for the brands it's great for us we get product we get people we get education fun
3: and is this open to all the public you have to be like anybody kind of, yeah anybody you, you, you just pay your 20 bucks the, you don't have to be in the club to get to get no. out.
4: you don't have to be a bastard yeah <laughs> yeah bastards and non-bastards allowed
3: that's great yeah uh and it's 20 bucks 20 bucks that's quite a deal
4: yeah because the, like anywhere that's a deal yeah you get dropped for 20 bucks yeah. <laughs> and a little bit of education And maybe you education. learn something. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah,
3: I love educational events where the, the, the ones being educated are also doing a pretty, heavy amount, uh, pretty healthy amount of drinking because mm-hmm. that makes me think, like, oh, when I do this again, they'll come again because they'll forgive it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get to teach them the same thing over and over. Yep. It's a, it's, a, it's a revolving door.
4: Yeah, our friend Forrest Coakley, he's a rum expert out in LA. He emcees, I'll throw my two bits in, I'll come up with the drinks. The brands love it. Mm-hmm. Brands sometimes come in. Uh, so, yeah, we've done, God, I can't even know. I mean, it's been five years that we've been doing this rum club, so it's once great. Once a month? Yeah, once a month.
3: That's incredible. <laughs> it's a lot of work, Once though.
4: a month, maybe ten months out of the year. Yeah, okay. You know. Holiday
3: time is tough, I get it. Yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, August is all about summer and tiki events, so we kind of take that month off. But. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas, we'll do a, a, you know, a meeting, potluck, sort of meet and greet. I mean, Get talk, rid of the old shit that I still have laying around.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the I mean, old stock. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, that's I mean, what? The, I think one of the greatest advantages of, of, of any kind of tiki bar program is that, like, anytime you start to accumulate just a couple of two bottles of this and two bottles mm-hmm. of that that are lying around in your stock, it's like mm-hmm. punch bowl. Here mm-hmm. we go. Punch it up. Exactly. Um, you know, come up with a crazy name, make it beautiful. Yep. Uh, you know, do it for the gram these days,
4: mm-hmm. uh, and
3: you can cruise right on out there with it. Um, and equalize your inventory easily. Yes. Um, talk a little bit more about how, um, you know, you've mentioned your, you li- I, I think I mentioned actually, you live the lifestyle. You're a tiki yeah. lifestyle person. Um, I can tell by the way you're dressed right now. Um, <laughs> how, like, how many people that come to the bar do you think are in that lifestyle too?
4: More than I think I know. More yeah. than I expect. Because it's such an established place in the community. People will be coming through on their vacations, and they'll do the tiki tour of LA, and we're on that tiki tour, even though we're on the kind of the outskirts. North Hollywood is outside of downtown Hollywood, but you'll have people coming through. I'll put it this way:
3: You're I, like we're from Des Moines, Iowa, exactly. we're here to see the, mm-hmm. the world famous tumbler.
4: I got an order of five thousand of our signature mugs. We don't make drinks in it; we just serve, sell the mug. Uh, 5,000 in November of 2018, and I'm down to about 1,000. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Right? So that's 4,000 people have come through and wanted to buy this mug. Yeah. You know, that are collectors or care. I mean, who's going to buy a signature $40 mug unless you give a damn, you know? (laughs) So they wanted a piece of the history, a piece of it to take home with them. So yeah, pretty good.
3: Yeah. How, how do you like? Is your home decorated in, in a way like the bar is? Is yes. there you know, a lot of bamboo? and.
4: No bamboo. We have it clean mid century, but like key pieces. We have a lot of classic oceanic art, Papua New Guinea pieces. We collect a lot of Waco. My husband's also in a band mm-hmm. called Tiki Aki Orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of the Tiki power couple. Tiki Aki. Do
3: they tiki play Oracle at the bar? Orchestra.
4: There're seven guys. Oh. They have a version that's four they take guys. Past the bar. <laughs> yeah. They're outside. Um, there's a version that's four and yes they played in the bar 5 50 but we get to go on these trips together. We went to yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: we get to work together. It never ends. No.
4: Uh Hukila, you know, he did five sets of music with two bands and I did four pop-ups. And we get to travel together. Yeah, uh, We're doing a thing together up in Oakland. I'm sorry, Emeryville at Trader Vic's, the original Trader Vic's, mm-hmm. for the 75th anniversary of the Mai Tai. So I'm going to guest bartend, and they're playing.
3: Where's it, when's this going to be?
4: Oh, shoot. That's
3: July? Right. I'll look it up.
4: I think it's the end of August, the last Sunday of August. I'll look it up
3: and put it in my show notes. What's the event called again?
4: It's going to be the 75th anniversary of the Mai Tai. Oh,
3: it's just yeah. the no name to it? At Trader Vic's. Cool. I'll look it up for my... I'll put it in the show notes for listeners to go and find and check it out and maybe come up and see you and see your yeah. see your man's band. Yes. Uh, seven Piece Tiki Band playing surf music. Um,
4: it's more Exotica. That band is Exotica. Ooh. So it's classic Martin Denny style. Okay. Uh, the 5 gets a little surfier, a little rockier. Right. But there, yeah, there's just the orchestration and the instrumentation is just beautiful. Really, really love it. Yeah, that.
3: outstanding. I think a lot of people don't at uh, face value that the sort of tiki community and that lifestyle has um, it's not it's beyond the look and the mm-hmm. dress and the mm-hmm. and even the drinks right it's it, a mindset it goes into music as well mm-hmm. and there are even factions of music inside of there right surf mm-hmm. and exotica mm-hmm. I mean I'm sure you know uh, Brother Cleve of course yeah. Brother
4: Cleve who cut his finger off in the bar did you, <laughs> did you know that story have no. you heard the story in about in your bar yeah oh no how do you do it uh, Patron it's all Patron's fault <laughs> Of course. They were blame filming it on the. Tequila. Of course. They were. It's not rum. I'll blame it on the tequila all day long. That's right. <laughs> um, they were filming the educational video for Patron. And he uh, was. The first time in his life, he was zesting a, some lemon. video. What oh, educational sh-
3: okay, video? They paid
4: okay, us to right. shut down for two days. Hey, I'm
3: you're not saying no. I'm just saying. Right. What are they educating?
4: Yeah, how to make a tiki drink with Patron. Okay. And he was the instructor MC blah 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 yeah said, here's how you zest an orange somebody comes back in the back and says hey do you guys have a band-aid here you know Cleve cut his finger and I came out with the band-aid and took the napkin off and it was just every heartbeat and squirt coming out I was like y'all I think he's going to need more than a band-aid
3: yeah
4: <laughs> he missed this... the rest of the day I had to have it cauterized
3: oh my gosh yeah it was gnarly he was my roommate at the first Tiki by the Sea
4: oh yeah I, I spoke there last year
3: yeah. So do you get to go and do a lot of the Tiki events? You mentioned Huki Loud. Now there's yep. Tiki by the Sea. Huki Tiki by the Sea, like Tiki that.
4: Oasis, Tiki Con.
3: Do you nerd out and travel to other Tiki bars? All the time. As you, often as possible. Have you ever been to Cleveland, Ohio? I have not been to Porco's yet. Oh, man. Yeah, you knew it right away. Absolutely. Porco Lounge. Uh, those...
4: Inferno Room. I need to get there. Porco's.
3: Uh, I mean... Some... Porco is awesome for a lot of reasons, yeah. like, like all tiki bars are. Yeah. But one of the reasons Porco is, often, uh, is, is awesome is it's basically a museum of tiki, which I think a lot of tiki bars are. Uh-huh. But the front doors of the Porco are the former front doors of the Maikai, which you mentioned. Uh, really? Yeah. And inside, there's the, the two sailing uh, pontoon uh, uh-huh. open, you know, uh, canoe boats, uh-huh. uh, the Princess and the I can't remember something else hanging uh-huh. in the hanging in the rafters up there that are from other old. Tiki, like it's crazy everywhere yeah. you look is obviously a lot of new stuff like tiki mugs and kitsch and all that sort sure. of thing but then he'll be like no this piece came from this very thing. I don't know I'm not a tiki father but right. he is like a museum curator in the
4: that's way. how our Palm Springs location is And go in the back and there's a lamp that used to be in the Chicago Trader Vicks, and a bunch of pieces that used to be at the bahooka
3: yeah yeah. I mean that's incredible right like uh, all the you know paraphernalia that still exists that's mm-hmm. from the original stuff and then all of the sort of new stuff that's Made to kind of mimic it, mm-hmm. but like you mix it all together and you don't care anymore. Like that's what tiki is. Mix it's it all escapism. Together. Yes. Um, talk about that's that.
4: That's what it's all about. Tonga has no windows, so you have no idea what time of day or night it is. You walk in, walk out, put your sunglasses on, maybe not. It's you don't want to have to think when you're going to a bar. I don't want a menu that you have to read into. That is fine if that's your thing. You know, there's some amazing, fantastic cocktail bars that, you know, the menu is a book. It's, it's something to be studied and yeah. looked over. But for us, we want to go in and throw you an umbrella and let you know you're going to have a good time. You know?
3: Oh, it flips out sometimes. Don't worry about it. Um, you're good. Still going. You're fine. Uh, it's a new system. Okay. It'll probably pop back in. Sometimes it switches to mono. Sorry about that. We're having a little technical issue. Um, yeah, uh, it is escapism. And I think that like all of that, all of those trappings make you just feel more and more like you're not, well, anywhere.
4: Right. And the ebbs and waves of tiki have come and gone with you know the economy and whoever's president. And I think right now we're looking at a lot of escapism. You know, a lot of people Oof. are trying to get away and forget and drown their, their tears in a couple of cocktails. L.A., where we're located also, there's a lot of transplants, a lot of younger people were sometimes their first introduction to a bar because we aren't still in a local community in right. the neighborhood, Which and there's not a lot of bars around us. That's how we stayed open as long as we did. So I, I almost feel like it's my duty to show these guys, this is what a good drink is, you know? <laughs> and this is what you can get at other places, and this is what they substitute, and this is where Tiki went. Um, I have one drink on the menu that I would not suggest to anyone but I found it on a piece of card uh, on a uh, a note card in the back in the dress in the desk drawer and that's what we make because it's the tonka punch right I found it in the drawer this is how they made it um, could I change it would I change it should I change it I would like to but I, I just can't it's It's the thing that it was, I mean there's still you know cigarette stains on it on right. the co- on the postcard
3: right <laughs> I mean, I feel like you know cocktails in general went through some pretty harsh phases mm-hmm. where you know we were making things that were reasonably fresh and good, then we shifted into this like everything's out of the can slash gun, mm-hmm. then we shifted back into gear, but those sort of there's, we still have a hangover Mm -hmm. from those spots, Mm -hmm. right? Both literal and and, and, (laughs) and, uh, non-literal from those spots that are still, you know, winging out Mai Tais that have pineapple juice in them and grenadine. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. somehow this simple four ingredient drink has nine things Mm -hmm. in it at your bar. What's going on here? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, How does does that upset you or your bartenders? Are are your bartenders living the lifestyle? Are Are they dialed in?
4: They, if they aren't, when they're higher, they end up getting it. I have I don't want to hire too many that are in the lifestyle because then they'll all wanna go to the events. And we have a lot of them in California and nobody can take every you know, we can't shut down for a weekend because everybody wants to go to Tiki Oasis. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. So we uh, Yeah, so I'm kind of like, Well, are you gonna go? Are you how into it are you? Fringe, fine. You know, understanding it, great. You don't have to live it. We have three that definitely do. A couple that love it couple that tolerate it.
3: <laughs> I uh, mean, that's good, too. you you got to have a, we a have well-rounded a, team. Sure,
4: we have a rock and roll element to us still. Yeah. You know, our jukebox isn't just Hawaiian, Exotica, Don Ho, surf music. You have some Iggy Pop in there, Sweet. some Leonard Cohen, nice. some Tears for Fears, yeah. Hall and Oates.
1: Yes. You
4: know? <laughs> it runs the gamut. Uh, so we're, we're all-encompassing. But, yeah, it surprises me how often tiki people come in that I don't know.
3: That you don't know, good, that 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 don't know that they're in there. That I don't know they're in there, yeah. And they come a few times, and you yeah. start to realize, like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You a you're, lot of Hawaiian shirts. Every time you're in there, you have a flower in your yeah. hair. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's got to be a great feeling. And especially, you know, uh, for a place that's established for so long, mm-hmm. you've, you've, you've literally done this for generations mm-hmm. of people. Um, like do you have, how, how long this is a random question? How long has your longest standing regular been a, been a patron at the bar? 1964. Whoa. Bobby. Bobby. Shout Bobby. out to Bobby. <laughs> is he in the buck off club? Yeah. No, he's not. Because
4: he hates those drinks. <laughs> Miller Lite, Jack and Coke. The only one of those drinks he's had was the sidewinder's fang or the pieces of eight. Those are the only ones he likes. Cause there's like an ounce and a half of passion fruit syrup in each one. So that's the only thing
3: he'll drink. Wow. Yeah,
4: we thought about making him an honorary bastard by having at least 78 people come in and order one of each drink and attribute it to him.
3: That's what you should do. Yeah. Bobby. Good I mean, Bobby. come on, man. He's been coming in there for that long. He's Grumpy the, He's never going to use his buck off because he's no. not buying the premium drinks. So exactly. It's a gimme either way. Mm-hmm. Get 78 people to give one to him. Yep. Uh, everybody wins. Um, yep. That's amazing. Uh, what's next for you? What's coming down the pipeline for you in the, in the bar? <sighs>
4: honeymoon just had a honeymoon we yeah, went over to amsterdam right. you <coughs> you yes. Congratulations. thank you um, a, long, a
3: long courtship 15 years
4: 15 year courtship <coughs> I had to make sure i was getting it right
3: yeah
4: <laughs> we um, move too fast in these things no no, no is, point molasses yeah. it's made. it's what rum's made of that's right uh we were in amsterdam and i met with sheer and we're talking about putting a tonga hut blend blended rum out on the market soon oh wow yeah Maybe bottle some of the syrups that we use. Kind of the, I hate to say the corporate thing that Vic and Don both did by monetizing their brand, but we have a brand. Yeah. So we're kind of looking at that. There's been talk about opening another Tonga Hut, but nobody wants to move anywhere to open it. Right. (laughs) Um, So those things, personally, yeah. Uh, I was invited yesterday to guest bartend in London for London Cocktail Week. Nice. During Rumfest, or around Rumfest time in October. Um, we've got, I have the Trader Vic's thing coming up. We have Tiki Oasis coming up in August. So we're going to do a couple pop ups there. Uh, Forrest and I are talking about doing a Rum Rum Club book. So, t- some of the recipes that I've done for the cocktails, and we'll do like. A chapter on each style yeah island region type you know kind of something simple Sounds that like people the, can get you the know? tiki
3: train is rolling hard yes us.
4: it is I mean it's a brand that we need to that we can we have it's finally a brand that we can all stand behind yeah so we, we want to not say exploit it but you know take advantage of it take advantage
3: yeah. also you know you, you can always think to yourself like You want to get this stuff out to the people who maybe can't come and visit you. This is an opportunity for you to extend yourself into their homes. Exactly. Right? That's a good feeling.
4: And that's part of what Tiki is. I mean, anybody who's into it, you go into their house and it's going to fall over from all the crap, (laughs) you know, and the mugs and the collectibles and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a lot of that stuff in storage now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
3: well, you know, my friends at the Porco have a whole storage building. Yes. It's insane. Yes. Uh, You guys are insane. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, I always I say I'm not a collector, I'm a consumer. I don't collect a bunch of stuff. I drink it or I use it. This is, mm. a, this is an amusement park, not a, not a museum. We're going to mm. use all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that there's places I can go that, that are kind of museums, that's great. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I love going to like McSorley's and sitting in McSorley's and looking around, it's like sitting in a time capsule. Mm-hmm you know there's still newspapers on the wall talking about how in 1970 they finally let women in Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's crazy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so I love that that's you know an immersive experience which certainly leads to the escapism that's just tied so closely to the tiki lifestyle and tiki bar so I'm glad that there's people out there keeping it alive and doing it right so cheers to you for that
4: and finding it so it doesn't end up in a dumpster you know, we had a really... Yeah. We went to an estate sale. I found this ad for an estate sale, and we ran over there as soon as we could. It was for former designer of Steve Crane & Associates, which we knew who this gentleman was. He went out, and he helped design it and help expand the brand, their brand, Steve Crane, from the Luau to the Contiki and the Contiki ports, and he went in conjunction with the Sheraton and opened all these places. We went to the estate sale. We schmoozed them. We got up in the attic. We found a box, and in that box are... You know, the negative outtakes from the menu.
3: Right.
4: His hand sketches of lamps that you walk into the Maikai and you could see today. Right. Uh, his logos, all of his drawings. There's a brilliant piece of a drawing of the uh, uniform for the hostess with the swatch of clothing stapled to it. And again for the maitre d' and again for the, you know, the bartender. And just a treasure trove. that stuff would have ended up in the dumpster.
3: Right. Now you can make this into... Something you can either Something. decorate the place with or more stuff for your storage shed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
4: but at least it's not in the
3: Either bar. way, it's been curated uh, yes. and archived. Um, man, what a delight having you on. I'm so glad I got to run into you here in New Orleans. Um, if anyone wants to get a hold, hold of you or, or the bars, how, how could they do that?
4: Tongahead at Gmail. Yeah. com, Or just come on in. Let me know. Yeah, you Give got an Instagram
3: away. or anything? You can look at oh, some yeah. cool okay, grammable photos. I'm old. I forget about that. Ah, you know, the kids <laughs> are into it.
4: Hashtag Tonga Hut. Hashtag Tonga Hut PS at TongaHut.com.
3: Yeah, I'll look it up to make sure. Yeah. Uh, if you if got one, I'll make, I'll, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. So check it out at Speakeasy Podcast um, uh, Instagram, and I'll have all that stuff on there when the show goes up.
4: Hey, thank you. Oh, it's, well, it's, it's my great pleasure.
3: Yeah, really, really cool to sit down with you uh, here on the Speakeasy podcast. Uh, Roadshow in New Orleans, Louisiana, Tales of the Cocktail 2019. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure to sit with the Queen of Tiki from uh, Los Angeles, California, the Tonga Hut, longest continuously operated tiki bar in America. Yes, sir. Uh, maybe no, not America. Just and tell it. I, <laughs> See, you told me to say it five times fast, and I just tried to say it five times during the show. And then, of course, the last one, I blew it. <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Tune in next week for another episode of the Speakeasy, and we'll see you soon. Cheers, Tom.
0: So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord no. knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The
2: oh. devil his groove in that rhythm and blues that It's gonna get you, son, in the
3: end. The Speakeasy is powered by SimpleCast. Thanks for listening to the Heritage Radio Network, Food Radio, supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter.